six-pack double feature presents Pick Six, where the guys round out a top five list with one extra. Horror, sci-fi, crappy sequels, all the titles you know and love, plus beer. Tell us your picks, guys. What is up, buddy? Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm great. I'm good as well. Welcome to it, gang. This is uh, another episode of Pick Six, the uh, the show where Nathan and I cultivate a six pack of information for you guys. Well, two six packs of information. Nathan has one. I have one. Um, yeah, we drink our own. We drink our. <laughs> you bear it. You drink your own on this mountain. Um, today we're taking a slightly different turn uh, as we've done uh, in recent times, dipping our toes into other forms of. Media and entertainment. Nothing crazy. Still no. mostly sticking to movies, but uh, TV, some music stuff, and today is a music episode. A music stuff one. A music stuff one. I, I could come back to this one probably at least one more time. Yeah. Or at um, least this year. Yeah. Yeah. And make it interesting for other people. But um, today we're doing uh, front to back albums. And mm-hmm. uh, if you don't know what that means, you're probably not in our age range and most people that listen to this show are in our age range but here Typically. we go here we go anyway it's an album uh an albums kids if you don't know or <laughs> what is an album <laughs> uh it's a it's a it's a album of music that you put on and you listen to the first song all the way through to the end song you don't skip any of them you know when the artists when they release something and people used to buy them in some form of physical media whether it was yeah. a cd a cassette a record they yeah purposefully put these songs on this record and they put them in this specific order and there are some albums that came out before cds were a thing yeah that they were front to back but okay like here's one that could easily you could easily see me putting on here a sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band i did mm-hmm. not put that on here it's too easy yeah and i did not put that on here either um and it's actually not a front to back for me i skip within you without you i don't like the sitar song <laughs> i get it but that's what made me think of it because being a front to back album back in the day when you all you had was the LP you had to purposely go flip it over so there yeah, was you had a, to finish it yeah there was a there was a gap once it came out on uh, CD you just played that bit straight through yeah it was great and that that rest that you got between that so it could it could help or hurt Correct. some albums i think um and I didn't try to be Mr. Cool Guy, audiophile. I'm not that guy. I like what I like. And you might not know. I'm s- definitely not that guy. <laughs> um, and I like what I like. You might not uh, You might not know some of these albums, or you might have only heard a couple of songs off of them. And I, I, my hope for this is if, you know, my, my hope for this is that you enjoy this episode. Uh, secondly, I hope that you're like, fuck, yeah, that was a great list. And then third, maybe it's like, I don't know that album. But maybe I'll, I'll go, I'll go check pull it, out. it up on yeah. whatever I might, platform I might, you use. Yeah, I might like that. Some of these albums are so fucking good that I'll finish it and go back and listen to it again. This is a big thing for me. It's like when when we were kids growing up, you didn't have access to the entire catalog of music created by humanity at your fingertips. You know, you, you had what you owned you had or, and the radio. Yeah, or you had what your parents owned. Yeah, or what your parents yeah. owned, which you usually didn't always necessarily want to listen to. Never, not until uh, later. <laughs> or you had the radio, and so... Yeah, having your own physical media that you owned that you listened to whenever you wanted to. Yeah, you would often go, well, I don't have anything else or I just listened to this. I'm going to listen to this one now. So like if a record only had or an album only had two good songs on it, you were fucked. Yeah. And it's like, man, you're a professional musician. Like you're you're paid. <laughs> I mean, just it's it's subjective, right? But Correct. like this song is so fucking good. How can the rest of it be 
subpar. Not, yeah, not, you know, whatever. I mean, that's, and it's not necessary anymore. No, but it was also a novel concept when iTunes started selling songs for 99 cents yeah, each. Yeah. And, and so I, you could pick and choose. And I, I still didn't like doing I that. I still don't like doing that. No, and I usually don't. Um, friend of the show, Brock, Stevick and I, uh, we've gotten away from it, but we, for the last year or so, have been doing a thing where, like, yeah, we both have Apple Music, so he'll text me, uh, hey, check this album out. I think you'll like this whole album. And I'll do the same thing for him with the criteria of like, don't try to screw each other. Don't be like, hey, I <laughs> know you absolutely hate country. You have to listen to this country album now. And there have been some he sent me and I'm like, that was fucking trash. And then some he sent me and I was like, that's fucking great. And vice versa. Except country. He just doesn't doesn't get on the country. But that's okay. And then Apple Music, what I love about Apple Music is like, he sent me something that I didn't know existed. I listened to that and then they're like, oh, if you like this, you might also like that. That I think is the is the positive thing yeah, of, the digital, thing on the bottom. of digital music or nowadays the, where it's like, like this artist the too, algorithm yeah. is like, yeah, 75% of people that like this, like this. And it's like, I've discovered so much shit. It used to be new. You would, you would normally get that when you used to go into a, a music store and you would talk to someone and, and you're down the aisle searching for the latest, you know, Radiohead album or, or whatever. And oh, if you like them, you might also like this. You yeah. just don't, you don't get that anymore. No. And that's And so this is what, you that, get instead. People, you get an algorithm instead of Jim. People, you know? <laughs> that, people that like Jim will still go to the record store. Jimmy right. Johnson, I'm looking at you. Um, I, I like going to a record store. Just like I like going into a comic shop, but I, I feel like my, my, my taste and stuff sometimes is so pedestrian that the guy is going to fucking John Cusack me. <laughs> right. Because I went into the comic shop. Our comic shop here in Donaldson is fucking great. Rick's Comic City. There's a shout out. Um, they're never judgy. And the people where I buy vinyl, uh, it's McKay's, and they're not McKay's are like estate sales. <laughs> they're not. They're not judgy. Either, they're not so. typically there to recommend anything. They're there to either stock it or check you out. <laughs> um, great Escape's a great spot here too. Yeah. That said, gang, <clears throat> we should kick things off. Nathan, what is your number six front to back album? couldn't place who it was and i looked at you like i looked yeah. at you like someone had just stuck their finger in my butthole and i was like i don't know what's going on yeah i don't what is it? is it a finger is it a spoon what is it i don't know what's going on <laughs> and um, i knew you knew who it was but it took a moment yeah uh because I, I fucking i didn't pick that album but i can't disagree with it one at all because uh, that's a front to back album for me yeah um for those that don't know this is uh the self-titled album of for uh, Alice in Chains from 1995. <clears throat> the other nicknames for the album apparently is called The Dog Album. Three-Legged Dog. 
uh, Tripod yep. or the Dog Record, I think. Yep. Yeah. Uh, also, my favorite Alice in Chains record. It is mine. Yeah. It is mine. Um, this uh, there's just this thick, grungy richness to this record. It's dirty. It's awfully depressing. Oh yeah. Um, but I just love it for some. I mean, there's that. What the is, beauty and the misery, unfortunately. Sure, sure. Um, and I guess if you've ever read about what the band's thoughts were on the last studio album featuring Lane Staley, I guess Jerry Cantrell said that there's this sadness to the record of a band falling apart, which was really kind of sad. He's like, it's beautiful, but there's just this sadness to what, knowing what was going on. What what the this album always sounded like to me was like they came into the, it's almost like their white album. Um, Okay. It's almost like they came into the studio with some half cooked ideas and they were like, well, I've got this, you've They'll got that. finish it. We can, we'll, we'll fill in each other's negative spaces. Yeah. And I think they do. Yeah. But it just sounds, it's, it's, it's got a, <clears throat> a hollowness on the outside of it. Um, echoey kind of like, yeah. You're, you're, like you're listening to it from like 30 feet away. Okay. I see that. Kind of like the White Album. Mm hmm. Um, uh, but I guess, I guess the huge issue with this album was that, Staley was like deep in the trenches of his heroin addiction. Oh yeah, then um, just, he's barely hiding it anymore. Yeah. Oh yeah, know? and not that he was good at hiding it anyway, but um, yeah. Here's a piece of here's another piece of trivia uh, of the six albums I'll be sharing today. Mm -hmm. Three of the bands, the original singer uh, is no longer alive. Um. Two, so there's, two of there's, two of, there's also that. It's only two of mine. Um, uh, but this was the first album that I purposefully purchased of them. Like, hmm. they were kind of on the. For me, they were kind of on the, on the, just the edges of what I was initially into at that time, and so I wasn't a big Alice in Chains fan. I knew of their stuff, right? But I didn't have dirt yet. I didn't. I knew like. The radio hits. Sure. But sure. when this came out, I was already in college, and this was my album. That I, This was my real first introduction, sure. front to back, of what they had to offer, and then I could go back to their previous records. Is there a song on this album that you still listen to, but it's your least favorite? No, not really. I didn't do that. For any of these, and if it comes up, I might say it, but my least favorite song on Alice in Chains self-titled is Again. It seems like filler. I listen to it. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I skip, skip it. skip so, it. So, but generally, this is a front-to-back album for me. Um, do, just, you think, do you think bands starting in the 80s and 90s when CDs came out, they had to like present their shit as a full-on front-to-back presentation? I don't because know. Because I wonder. You, couldn't, you didn't have to flip the record or, or flip the tape? I don't know. Like this has got to be front to back. This is how the order that needs to go in. Because I know there's some to... asshole kid in Indiana that's not going to listen to it if all twelve I, songs aren't good. I know when they were primarily LPs that they had to fit the songs in the order that would fit on either the first yeah. side A or side B. And so once you started having um, CDs, you would primarily like. For a very short period of time, you'd also get that opportunity where there might have been 
a CD that you bought that might have an extra song that the cassette didn't have. Sure. You know, because there wasn't enough room. Right, right. And so that was also a unique thing. Like, get the CD and you get two extra songs. You get the, hidden, like, or you get the hidden track. Yeah. And so... I, I would play this CD a lot in my car whenever I was in a shitty mood. And while it just made my mood worse, <laughs> I was going to say, it also strangely made it better at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's something about perspective. Perspective and just. God damn it. What is You got to get out of it. What is the name of that song you played? Uh, Shame in You. Shame in You. Shame yeah. in You. Yeah. That's, That's my favorite track of that entire it's, album. It's in the stretch of my favorite. It's one of the songs in my favorite stretch on that album. That's a. That's. It's a great fucking song. That's a great pick, and it's a great album. So, yeah, that's my number six. Alice in Chains' self-titled album. It's got the dog on the front. And when if you bought the original CD, it either had like a yellow or a purple yep. uh, plastic case. So. My number six. Come on, man. why we're here and he's dead he's dead as <laughs> so i went uh i went down under not that it really matters because uh for nxs kick by the way that's my uh, that's my number six 1987 right? yes you know what the sister album to that was oh. your uh the joshua tree oh I mean, okay in my opinion the yeah. sister albums because yeah. they both came out the same year all right uh it's hard to kind of i don't say hard to believe now but if you don't no, you don't have the right kind of eyes. NXS was like the one of the biggest fucking bands in the world in the in the late eighties and um, through well they <laughs> through September of nineteen ninety one when some things and now they they kept they kept cruising. They had some great fucking albums after, but they happened. sure weren't on. They weren't on the trajectory center they stage were. that they were. No, before Michael Hutchins uh, died. died, he died in eight, uh, ninety-seven. Um. They were not Wembley Stadium big, really. You think after. he'd still be alive if he wore st- <laughs> <laughs> He was in a jazz ensemble? No, I stepped on my own joke and then I couldn't think of it. You blew it! I remember Michael Jackson's bad, like being huge. It was the same year as well, but this is, I remember, yeah, I remember, right, was, huh? I remember the songs on Kick being everywhere. Yes. On the radio. Oh my God, yes. New Sensation, uh, Need You Tonight. Um, Devil Inside. Devil Inside's a great song. Um, my mom actually, I have it in the other room. My mom, I have the original pressing. Well, I mean, never tear us apart. I have the. Uh, I have my mom's original. I have my mom's original. Yeah, I have my mom's original 88 pressing of the Devil Inside uh, forty five out there. It's, nice. it's pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely have Kick on vinyl. It's one of those like I I, I prefer to listen to it on vinyl. Like that's a, usually a Saturday night record for Jamie and me. Like we'll get, we have what we call like the Yost House Opry. We'll just typically Crank it's something. a lot of country stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll play whatever. I'm like I'm in this mood tonight or whatever, and if we're getting rowdy, we'll put on Kick because it is an upbeat 
fucking front, almost front to back upbeat record until you get to Never Tear Us Apart, which is a necessary downshift. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know that I have a favorite song on this album. It's, it's too hard to choose. Um, I have not listened to this album front to back in a while. Um, you should also check out their, their... I'm also not a huge... I'll be honest with you. I'm also not a huge fan of their opening song of Guns in the Guns in the, the Sky, Sky is fucking great, I dude. I, I, just, didn't, me, I, didn't, I, just, I didn't pick it because it's it's kind of off-putting. It is. I That's fucking, why I, I love think it. it throws me a little. It, so, it's yeah. kind of jarring for some people because it's not... It's not what you would... Ass- it's what, not what you would initially expect. The record no. company when they when they when they turned this into Atlantic, they were like, "What fucking drugs are they on? What are they? What the fuck is this? What are they doing?" And it's like, this is what happens when you leave a band alone that is fucking good and creative, and you allow them time to fucking do their shit. Yeah, like they. This is a fucking masterpiece. You know, it's not soul shattering. You know. Yeah. But it's good pop. It's music. good pop rock music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not. You know, he's not trying to save the world with white doves or anything, but it's he's also saying something, you know? Yeah. But Need You Night, that's a sexy fucking song. Like, you could fuck to that song, you know? <laughs> and, you know... Just as long as you finish before you get to Mediate, because it's a little weird. I love Mediate, yeah, too. No, but it's... I'm just... <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a strange follow-up, because sometimes I remember on MTV that you would sometimes get those back to back and then sometimes mm. you would not because he's holding the cards yeah like bob dylan yeah flipping the cards to um, mediate and it was just weird they were coming off of 1985's massive success listen like thieves which is also a front to back record if you're not familiar with that i definitely recommend you check that out you could also do those uh, listen like thieves and kick are almost almost like their um revolver and rubber soul it's like where they changed and kind of came into their own a little bit right and then yeah, and then I won't say they went downhill, like um, uh, Elegantly Wasted from 90... I think it's from 97, actually. It was the last thing that Michael Hutchins was involved in. It's a great fucking record. By today's standards of how you listen to an album, their 80s, 90s stuff is a little long-winded because I definitely did download the new Def Leppard record recently, and it's over an hour, and it's like, come on, guys. I mean, I know I know who your audience is. They're, they're old dudes and <laughs> old dudes and chicks. And we want to hear an, an hour of music, but it's like right. a lot of the stuff I'm listening to now, the new stuff I'm catching, it's like 30, 45 minutes. You get a full album in less than an hour. And you have Tool. Like, I got an hour and a half in me. Yeah. Like, come on, man. For one song. Get fucked. That album's not on here either. I wasn't expecting it to be. Onima's a great record. It's a front to back. Anyway, that's my that's my number six, NXS Kick. What is your number five? Two guesses. Is it the Benz? It is the Benz. I, I made my second guess first, so never mind. I know. What was your I, first guess? Is it Radiohead? <laughs> Which is also correct. <laughs> it's also the Benz, and it's also the song The Benz. Oh, okay. So you're right on all three. <laughs> With only two questions. This is an era of. 
I'm not a fan of Radiohead. Okay, yeah. That, if I were to be interested in anything they did, this is the era in which... You would want two to three albums, and that's pretty much... Because they really shifted with Kid A. Yeah. And so... Um, the This is... this. They're still stuck... Not stuck. They're still... There's a lot of... What I'm hearing in this song, anyway, is what's called the baggy style. Mm-hmm. Um, like, from the north of England. Like, uh, Stone Roses... Fucking help me out, Jeff. Um, it was it was just a, a, a kind of like grunge here. Yeah, you get like, oh, they're kind of a grunge band, or they sound kind of like a grunge band. There's elements of the baggy style in here. Um, like, big bombastic guitars, but then yeah. the chord progressions are kind of I don't know different than not uh, different. Not, but they, I, they, there's like there's 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 little specific. there's little earmarks that you do, and it's like oh, it's like okay, that, yeah, that's from that Stone Roses song. In my opinion, it started with the Beatles song, which I won't bore you guys with all that but that song doesn't sound terrible <laughs> it's it's pablo good. honey the bends and okay computer okay computer you can tell they they're starting okay to, computer can are they're starting to shift delete itself um but i tend to correlate this album I, I, let me stop you real quick i have no disrespect for radiohead no i get it it's I, taste I, it's it is it's, it's taste it's per- personal preference yeah or taste yeah um but no i tend to correlate this album uh with my move to Tennessee back in 99. This movie, this, um, this movie, like we normally talk about movies in this podcast, <laughs> uh, this album came out in 95. But while I was working at a new store that I just transferred to, a soon-to-be friend had recommended a few albums by Radiohead. And after I had, after I had expressed that uh, I did not have a lot of interest in the band. Um, and so he grabbed the Benz and OK Computer and placed them in my hands and said, buy these two, you won't regret it. And I was skeptical, but I had some money burning a hole in my pocket, and those two albums became the soundtrack to my drive to and from to work for the next three or four months. I chose The Benz because it still resonates with rock over alternative that uh, dominates over what you sometimes get with OK Computer, you really start to get that Tom York more experimentalness yeah. in there. Yeah. But they create this incredible auditory landscape where each song perfectly transitions to the next and it takes you down the road of these like distorted guitars and, and cryptic lyrics and successful blend between alternative rock and Brit pop and kind of indie rock. And that's why I really like it. And it's, to me, it's got hits from beginning to end. And I hadn't listened to it in a while. And I, when I was going through and I was starting to write down, which one's here? Which one? This one? This, do I want this one? I want to pick this one. And the reason why I went with the Benz over OK Computer is because sometimes I think it gets overshadowed by OK Computer. It does because it, it gets lumped in with like being a big 90s rock record. Right. Which they, by the time Radiohead came around, the 90s said, I don't mean to all like make. Kurt Cobain's death, the linchpin, but like right. music, the direction it was going changed drastically yeah. that day. Um, and not that they were clamoring for the next depressed genius or whatever, yeah. but um, they definitely started paying a little more attention to what was, what else is out there, you know? And Tom York is definitely an interesting songwriter. Yeah. And I kind of forget what my point was going to be here. <laughs> you blew it! <laughs> they, we, 
we had to kind of look to different because everybody it was it was just like okay we can all agree that grunge is not healthy for your mental state right what well, this needs to fucking go what else is out there burn like, your oh, flannels now let's see let's see what's going on in england because they always tell us what's fucking cool way before we know what's fucking cool right like, oh, okay this is interesting okay it's loud it's guitar driven it's not that drastic of a change I mean, I'm simplifying this, but yeah. I mean, I definitely, I have, I'm a firm believer in two things. Everyone has a great novel in them and everyone has at least one great song in them. And I, do I like some Radiohead songs? Yeah. Uh, Karma Police is a great song. What else is on Pablo, honey? What was the one? Creep is a great song. Creep is. What's the other one? Fake Plastic Trees. Yeah, I don't like that song. Maybe I only um, like two Radiohead the songs. The bands, um, I'd have to pull up the yeah. tracks because I don't have them memorized, but. Anything I've checked out is just like, eh. it's just. Not for me. No. I don't know. I like my whiny sadness a little different. And these ones had to grow on me. I'll be honest with you. And like, have there been albums like that for you where you got it and you're not sure if you like it, but you keep listening to it because you're kind of drawn to it. And then uh-huh. before you know it, you're like, this is fucking incredible. Yeah. That's to me, that's what happened with these two records. And that's, see, that, I, that's what I like about albums that you can listen to front to back because you, you may not have liked it when it first came you out. You develop that personal relationship with it. Yeah. So Radiohead. The Benz. The Benz. 95. 95. And if I didn't say NXS kick was 87. Yeah, we did. We did. Okay. My number five. I get bored, so I want to get drunk. I know how that goes. So I ain't going to touch it. I get bored and want to Okay, so a couple things on this album song. The album is called Trinity Lane by Lily Hyatt. The song is called Trinity Lane, title track. Uh, Most of you don't live in Nashville. You don't know what what Trinity Trinity Lane Lane is, is. but Nathan sure does, and he started fucking laughing when he heard the lyric because you really don't live there if you're doing well. (laughs) It's not nothing against you, no offense, but it's not where... uh, (laughs) You could get a blowjob or a hand job or some good crack or some drugs. Um, it's always it, mentioned in traffic reports too. It's for sure, it's on the north side of town. <laughs> it's 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 not a good area. Um, uh, I don't know if any, any anybody listening knows the uh, old, uh, super old, but uh, old country Americana artist John Hyatt. This is his daughter. Oh, okay. Um, I hate to refer to her like that. She's her own person, but this is uh, she is. This is, I think, I don't know what number record this is for her, but this is from 2017. And I liked it. It's fucking great, dude. I think you would dig it. She's got like a, there's a, there's a Chrissy Hine kind of pretenders vibe to the music. Mm-hmm. Um, great live show. I saw, I saw them a while back. Um, this has a, this album's a little more dynamic. It goes from like, there's some sad country kind of stuff on here. I mean, you know, you could call that country what you just heard, but that's, 
Not really. It's old school country more. But it's got a like it's that. but it's got a nice rock edge to it. it so it, it ain't some shit your grandpa's gonna listen to. Um there's some there's some really good upbeat <laughs> stuff on here like that. Kind it's kind of funny. Later in the in the song there's a lyric, I think my neighbors are selling drugs, but I ain't judging nothing. <laughs> it's like yeah, just mind your business, man. It's great. I believe this was the first record she wrote after getting sober or wrote while getting sober. And I I love albums like that where somebody's actually like i'm gonna i need to work through some stuff or yeah and yeah. i'm i'm gonna um i keep wanting to say dictate what is the word i'm chronicle um right. journal or whatever and then i'm gonna synthesize that back and it's gonna sometimes it's gonna be funny sometimes it's gonna be sad sometimes it's just gonna be fucking rah. yeah and this album is that and this is the one that i was talking about where i was thinking the one i was thinking of specifically earlier when i said it'll end and i'll go back right back to the beginning it's fucking record is great i actually discovered Lily Hyatt from listening to Sarah Shook because uh, Apple Music was like, if you like Sarah Shook, you might like Lily Hyatt. And they were wrong. I fucking love Lily Hyatt. Can't recommend this record enough. Um, Lily Hyatt, Trinity Lane from 2017. That's my number five. What's your number four? I know it's not my chemical romance because I know no, you would have I know they're yeah. two good records uh, and I know it's not Radiohead a second time <laughs> so I know it's Muse because Muse is a band that takes from everybody without any apology and uh, makes songs that sound like other bands and they're kind of, I've kind of stated that they they're a, like they're a ball of glue they kind of are um, but before I knew that they were a ball of glue, um, they did seem to have this. Is that from the album? Like a, is that from the album that had Stockholm Syndrome on it? Yeah, that Stockholm Syndrome is a great fucking. I song. almost chose that one, but that straight up sounds like My Chemical Romance and Radiohead fucked, had a baby, and then I always saw it as Radiohead and um, Queen because I can see Queen in there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I never thought about Chemical My Chemical Romance. Just some that of the vocal, works. some yeah, of the yeah. vocal delivery and stuff, but. I won't fault anybody for having an element of Queen in their band because when you see the greatest fucking yeah. band of all time, yeah, you're like, can we all get just a little piece of it and yeah. maybe it'll fucking spark something in our DNA? Right. I, I fault nobody for that. The the funny thing with with my list is the newest or most recent album is almost twenty years old now. This is Muse and Absolution from two thousand and three. Ooh. <laughs> 
Uh, have you ever grown into a song and then into an album that you had absolutely no intention of purchasing? Like you hear a song on the radio and you're like, I don't know if I like that song. I don't think yes. I, I don't think I like. And then it just like you hear it again. Yes. Then you hear it again, and then you hear it again, and suddenly you're like, I fucking love that song. Where's this album? I need to get this. That's what this purchase was. That didn't quite happen for me, and we'll talk about it later when I have the uh, have the my example of that but it, i know what you're saying that's kind of happened to me yeah the this song that song was time is running out and i heard it on the buzz here in in nashville i don't know how many times and i was just like i don't fucking like this song <laughs> and then i hear it again i'm like this song's okay then you hear it again you're like you hear it the 75th time and you're like here's where the fucking drums come in yeah. shut the fuck up here they come yeah, I yeah. Know. and so I purchased the CD a few weeks later, and it eventually became one of my favorites to play on uh, working a truck night. Um, <laughs> oh, truck nights. Yeah, exactly. If, there, if there's any Blue Squad out there, what were we called? We weren't called the Blue Squad. What were we called? Was it Blue Crew? Something like that. I don't know. If there's any fucking blue shirts out there. You know, and not every... You know a truck night. <laughs> yeah, you know a truck night. Um, and so not every track on this record kept you pumped uh, to keep unloading the truck, but you know there were enough Stockholm syndrome. Uh, that, that one, Sean is, Powell put that on a mix tape, mix CD for me back in two thousand six, not seven six. Stockholm syndrome is a fucking that is a rager. That's a great song. All right, you know, hold on. You gonna play Stockholm syndrome? Just a little bit. Do the bit, do the bit where they come out of the first verse into the into the into the chorus. Damn man, that's a great fucking song. Oh, it's a good one to unload the truck on. <laughs> <laughs> My, uh, I have actually a very personal memory to that. Um, so I met uh, I met Jamie uh, on November first of two thousand six, and that that CD that mix CD I had was on. It was in my uh, CD player in my car. Your van. In my van. Shut up, fuckface. And. Uh, <laughs> Your I, minivan. I had. It wasn't to, a regular van, mind you. It was a mini, minivan. Well, yeah, That's nobody not. drove mega vans anymore. <laughs> anyway, I had to. I didn't have to. I didn't have to go to my part time job, which is where I met Jamie at the radio station. Um, and she had no, I fucking no. She had no fucking clue who I was, but I knew she'd be working at the uh, receptionist desk during my lunch break. So I drove. <laughs> I, I clocked out for lunch, and I fucking I set a land speed record. Under the guise of going into like check my mailbox at the radio station to make sure nobody had left anything for me because, you know, there's going to be plenty of mail for the part time guy that fucking pushes buttons for from seven to ten on Tuesday <laughs> nights. And I remember playing that song like driving because it was nowadays to get from Antioch to downtown and park would take you about an hour and a half. Back then, I made I made the full drive in thirty minutes. I fucking drove from Antioch downtown. Full like crackhead speed to get down, I'm like, and I get a part and I walk in all cool. I'm like, oh hey Jamie, how's it going? She was she looked up like, oh hey guy, how's it going? I'm like good. 
checked my mailbox, and I fucking left, and then fucking 90 miles an hour back to work <laughs> to clock back in. Just and then like, hey, can you cover mind. me for 10 minutes while I go actually get something to eat? <laughs> I'm starving. Uh, uh, Stockholm Syndrome is a great song. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't like everything that Muse has done, but I will I will give them credit that they they really go out there and try something different when they want to make something new. Other times they just go like, what did My Chemical Romance do that time? And then let's add 20% Queen. Anyway. I totally get that. So Muse, what's the album? Absolution. From 2003. And that's your number what? Four. We are going back down under for my number four. (laughs) Do you know what it is? No. I don't know. ACDC? No. Akadaka. Um, Picture the opening credits of the second episode of The Stand. Blue Oyster Cult, right? (laughs) (laughs) VOC. No, I remember you recommending this album. I showed you my phone here a moment ago and said, this is, uh, I remember you telling me, download this Crowded House album. Crowded House self-titled. Yeah, self-titled. From Um, 1986. And it is fucking awesome. Oh, you've listened to it? I have. That's a great record. Not too terribly long ago. I actually believe, like, I was starting to kind of cultivate a, like, top ten list of, like, quintessential like 80s songs and this one has always been in that top 10 i've always loved this song since 1994 when you watched the stand yeah i was like yeah and the way they play it in the stand yeah because she's listening to the record after she her dad's died right yeah and and um the juxtaposition of like the romanticism of this song and that scene of like going over like they're they're panning over dead bodies and shit it's it's Beautiful. Yeah, it's really um, good. Those and, dead bodies. Especially. And I don't know why I never listened to the whole record till about two years ago. Um, well, actually, I know exactly why. Apple Music, because I was kicking. I love Australian pub rock, uh, which is what these guys are. I didn't know they were Australian. I don't think I ever looked it up, the, so I didn't uh, realize it. I thought they were British, to be honest. So, But then again, if this, you don't look it up, you don't. This record has up. a good um, up and down, too, of like some lower tempo songs. But there's some fucking thumpers on here, man, that you just want to grab a fucking big ass pint of beer with your friends and just laugh and fucking be when that organ hits in this oh yeah this song yeah <laughs> the opening track yeah. on this is actually probably my favorite song yes from 1986 crowded house's self-titled album um their whole catalog is actually really good they just put out a new album in 2021 that's great and like i said they're they're as we record this they will be uh, they'll be playing here in nashville this fall um and i'm really trying to get kind of trying to get tickets for that because i know if nothing else they're at least going to play this song <laughs> and that would be so fucking cool to hear the rhyme and the follow-up to this too um i find a lot of the time with again it's subjective when you put out what is a perfect album right either the album before it is 
perfect or damn near perfect or the album after it is perfect or damn near perfect the album they did after this called wooden face fucking it's great too i thought you're gonna say it's absolute garbage it's absolute <laughs> utter <laughs> shit no it's good can't say enough good things about their self-titled 86 album crowded house so That's i got my I got, number four What's i got number three yeah i got three records left and two of them have dead lead singers so i'm gonna roll the dice clackety clackety clack let's see what number three is It's the third time we played that song from, and you, it's you, missing you, that you played two different files, right? Yeah, and, and then I went played, off of Apple Music, and it's missing out of like, is it missing the left channel or it's missing or right it's missing the fucking vocal track, man? That's yeah. fucking weird. And yeah, yeah, I was on the Stone Temple Pilots page on YouTube playing that. I'm like, we stopped, and went what? <laughs> <laughs> you that that one could be the album openers. I, 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 yeah, I decided so to go with the first track. What uh, what song? What album? Meat Plow. It's off of uh, uh, Stone Temple Pilots' sophomore album uh, called the Purple Album. Purple. Yes. Although it was not titled, was it? No. Why? Like, where did Purple come from? That's the only thing I don't that I didn't I do don't any know. research. Like, where they decided? Well, we're going to call it Purple. Bands in the '90s like to fuck with you. They were like. We're going to put a hidden track on our shit. We're not going to tell you. It's going to be a great song. I'm looking at you, Nirvana, Endless Nameless. Great song. This has a hidden song on it, too. It does. And that was the first time I think I ever discovered a hidden track on a CD going, like, I finish uh, Silverware and Candy Bars or whatever. Kitchenware and Candy Bars. bars. That's probably my favorite song on this record. Yeah, I almost went with that one. But then, and then there's that, like, 20, 30 second, like, dead air. You think the CD's done. And then it goes into this weird Casio keyboard shit. Oh, no. Let's... You know what? Hold on. Fire it up. Fire it up. Fire it up. The second album. That's Wyland singing. (laughs) I thought so. It's so weird. Worth listening. Hope you enjoy them. Make sure you tip your waiters, your waitresses, <laughs> your servers. You guys, you guys from out of town? Where are you from? <laughs> Cleveland, me too. Fucking weird, man. You think we've heard this a few times? Oh, man. Fucking A, man. Purple STP got a lot of shit because they were considered like a diet Pearl Jam or like they. Caught- well, yeah, and they well, especially with the way Wyland kind of sang, especially in the hit their debut album Core. 
So and I get it. Like he has an open throat singing style, like Eddie Vedder. But there's no, they don't. They're different. But at the time, I guess in 1992, when they kind of hit the scene, they there was they just nope. They're a rip off of Pearl Demo. It's totally different. This was also real in 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 many respects, kind of the last really good album that they released. Uh, in my opinion, yeah. Yeah, like. The uh, tiny, what is it? Um, tiny songs from the, uh, tiny from music the, songs from the Vatican gift shop. Yeah, that there's one, some good stuff on there. There's a few tracks, but it's not a. He was to another end. one, man. His demons kept him from fucking. It just took a while. This album was everywhere the year I graduated high school in 1994. This album was huge, dude. Um, that and another album that might be just a, after this one. <laughs> That we'll we'll discuss later. I, I almost um, I almost guarantee you we are gonna. It's gonna be the same one. It's gonna. Are be, we gonna cross paths? Or we're gonna join forces and make a mega force <laughs> of a of a brilliant genius fucking album that has yet to be topped. I think, um, but we'll get there. Okay, or we I, won't. Um, I just couldn't get enough of this record when I bought it when I was still <laughs> when I was still working at Kmart. <laughs> I remember my mom going like, "This was STP was the first band that like when I started like discovering music on my own, right? That wasn't what the radio was giving me necessarily." Yeah, <clears throat> and Interstate Love Song, uh, a friend of I mine. I almost went with Interstate Love Song, and I decided to go. No, with. Meat Plow's such a great song. It's just a different, uh, and it's not as known unless you know the album. I got know? really lucky. I had I had a couple of different friends like. When you go into high school, you transition from your middle school friends to your high school friends. And you don't keep all of them? You don't. You don't. It's just And I had how it goes. a middle school friend make me a mixtape that had Nirvana on it, STP, Green Day, your your major label radio shit. And then I had another friend that made me a mixtape of like underground punk shit. Right. Which we won't get into right now. But the radio-friendly friend gave me a mixtape with the Nirvana and STP and stuff. And it had... Um, uh, Interstate Love Song and Vaseline on it. And Didn't I was have like, Big Empty, huh? No. Because that, was the, that had, was the biggest hit because I, it was also well, on the, I the had Crow the, soundtrack. I had the so. Crow soundtrack, so I yeah. knew, big, you knew, that I, I knew okay. big Empty from that, yeah. Uh, um, my, and my mom heard it, and like STP was the first time she was like, okay, your generation has something to say. Like, And she, kept, she couldn't remember the name. She called it Highway Love Song. <laughs> no, Mom. She was like, this is actually... This is actually a good like. There's there's merit here. Yeah. And then that made my mom listen to like. She was like, "Oh, okay. I can hear the John Lennon in this. I can hear the this and that and the other in what you're listening to." This was this album was a bit of a departure though from Core. No, it's way yeah. more way more mature. Yeah, Core was core just is, Core is fucking Core is great. good, but it's just it's very aggressive. It's very aggressive. Very sound gardening. Kind of rapey. Um. In the yeah yeah yeah. You, if you know, you know what you're talking. What, yeah. what we're talking about. He's he, uh, it's an anti-date rape. It song is. There, is what he it means. is. But it's still. He's not calling Scott Weiland a rapist. It's called sex type thing. Um, no, but it's very. I don't say it's one dimensional, but it it stays. It does not deviate from the course. Yeah. It's like it's hard grunge. This is it. Yep. And purple was just like we got this in us, but we got some other stuff yeah. that we're going to expand upon. That that we're also never going to top. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> Sadly. Um, my friend Andy went to school at IU, and he had uh, a 1990, let's say 90, 95, 96 Pontiac Grand Am, red. <clears throat> and uh, this tape was stuck in his tape deck. <laughs> and he, when he drove home from college, this, he, he knows this album 
way too well front to back to front to back to front to back because it's all he had he couldn't take it out it was stuck in his tape deck andy would uh we don't call him andy we called him studi because that's his last name but uh he he can fucking recite this album to you without oh. hearing it yeah um, I also love the third track on it, which is a which is MTV News. MTV News. Yeah. Welcome to our new podcast. Two dudes well over forty talking about, about the nineties. In the nineties, <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, typically we've talked about this in the past, where like there are certain there are certain bands where like the rule of threes, like their third album is often I agree. often yeah. really really good, and they did it on their second. They did it on their second. Yeah, I was considered this their third album. Yeah. Because it's it's that fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great fucking pick, dude. My number three. It's a little, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's uh, Mark Lanigan. Uh, uh, yeah, I didn't yeah. catch that at all. It's, we might have a, uh, we might have a left it's, channel it, out on something in here. That might be an issue. You know what the smartest thing you can do if you have a band? You hire Dave Grohl to be your studio drummer to record. Exactly. Songs for the deaf. Or any, whatever <laughs> fucking. Right. <laughs> say, Dave, I've written a, uh, say Dave. I've written, I've written a, a series of 12 songs about refrigerators and I need a drummer to make it really fucking pop. Can you help me out? <laughs> Sure. You'll sure. Sell a, I got these next four weeks off. You will be whatever. the next biggest fucking band on the fucking planet. The smartest and dumbest thing they ever did, in my opinion. Because yeah, because they, it, they can't live up to that album. Not with the now they've he made them. That's not fair. You're gonna tell everyone who the band is. Sorry. Yes, everybody but Brock. That's Queens of the Stone Age <laughs> uh, from the album Songs for the Deaf. What's the year? Two thousand and. 2002. Two. Okay. Twenty years old as oh, we sit yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm old. Um, <laughs> there's so many great tracks on that one yeah it's definitely a i love the you know the premise behind this record right it's kind of a concept album it is a concept i also love how it well, felt like you're driving from driving a car yeah you're driving yeah. from la to palm desert is that's, that what it is yeah because okay. he's from palm desert okay josh Homme. so that was that was that's in but if you don't know in between songs a lot of the time there's like a radio effect and they're like yeah. fake radio stations where he's switching like the idea is once the signal from like the big rock station filters out, he goes to something a little more low key and stonery and <laughs> or hits a Spanish station or <laughs> and it yeah. yeah. And it definitely like brings you from the first song down like the end. It like it ropes out this album. It's fucking tapers off. Yeah. It's it's a journey. 
It's good though, but it's a front to back, and I have not listened to that front to back in a little while. It's, so it's good. Same. It's yeah, yeah. great album to drive to. Um, it gets gets you pumped. Going to be careful <laughs> yeah. there when you're listening. That song is actually called "Song for the Dead." Um, <laughs> be careful. Listen to that. You'll get a speeding ticket. <laughs> I've seen me do it. Yeah. Um, what's What's fun with that one too is you hear you do they do the fake DJ thing and do the intro with uh, now it's songs for the dead. Yep. <laughs> so fun thing, the guy that produced this, Adam Casper, he produced a couple of Foo Fighters records. Okay. Uh, and he produced the he was going to produce the new Nirvana record back in '94. What happened? I knew of um, dude's band before this. Their band is called his band before this was called Caius. They they fall into if you're not familiar, they fall into what's called stoner rock, just big beefy riffs that just play for seven eight minutes great genre it's for people that are stoned but also want to hear big heavy guitars and melody and shit i have a good appetite for stoner rock but i can't listen to a ton of it because i don't i don't like weed but what's <laughs> but good yeah. what's good about this band too is they i won't say they reinvent themselves every album because dude really kind of only has one mode that he plays in but each album is is Similar enough, but also different enough to keep you comfortable, but interested in what it's like a 50 50 swap each time. You're still standing on familiar ground, but you're looking forward to new ground. That's cool. So they're great in that regard. 2002's Songs for the Deaf by Queens of the Stone Age. That is my number three. Three. What's your number two? That's my number one. That's my number two. Let's discuss. <laughs> it's going to be real hard for me to. My number. My number two is a is a worthy 
could play at the same festival, but my number two shouldn't be headlining after That's Soundgarden right. Super Unknown. But we're going to fucking do it because it's our show and it's... Oh, you can end on a different song. <laughs> we'll close out in a different yeah, song. From the we'll be okay. We'll be okay. We'll get laughs from a few people. Yes. So your number two is... Soundgarden Super Unknown 1994. Uh, <laughs> it's put down here. Like on the other side of the spectrum to STP uh, with their Purple album was Soundgarden. I was on vacation up in Seattle, in the Seattle area at the time, uh, spending a few weeks with my cousins. Uh, I had come across, uh, for the first time, a blockbuster music store. Hmm. And, you know, the concept of being able to walk down the wall of, like, Billboard top-selling albums or ask them to open up a CD so you could listen to it was just, you know, or put on a pair of headphones and just listen to it was just... So you mind boggling. So you stood there for an hour and five minutes and listened to this? Uh, no, but there had been like by the time I was up there, I had already graduated high school. It was before I'd started college, and they, that album had already hit, and so it was there. and And there was probably two or three singles out by then. Okay. Um, and I just this is how I came across this album. Like I wanted to hear other songs before I chose to buy it because, like we've mentioned before. You never know, and you always hate Black buying. Hole Sun's a great song, but if I buy the you whole know, album and the only yeah. good song is Black Hole Sun, I might as well gonna buy be, the single. I'm going to be pissed. Sure. Um, and so we had already been subjected to three singles. Oh, I, I, I did the little bit of research, and there had been three su- singles by the time Summertime had hit in 94. Uh, I wanted to hear what the radio wasn't playing, basically. <laughs> I was not disappointed. Uh, I fell in love with Fell on Black Days and The Day I Tried to Live, which is what we just heard. Yes. Uh, those songs just scratched an itch I didn't realize that I had until I had heard those songs for me. That was the easiest way to describe hearing it for the first time. It was just like, oh, I love how this sounds. I love this song. I love the darkness. And I just, it just, it hit all of the notes that I wanted it to hit without realizing it needed to hit those notes, you know? Yeah. Like, I never realized I was missing it until it was there. And that's what those those tracks specifically did for me. Um, and this was in my car in constant rotation probably throughout the rest of the year at least. When I was a kid, I was a Nirvana kid. And <clears throat> Soundgarden is not Nirvana. Nirvana no. is not Soundgarden. They're two very different, very different bands. So all I kind of wanted was not hit me over the head with your point, but like I didn't want to dissect what was going on. I just wanted to fucking, which is funny because I would I would sit and listen to Nirvana songs as simple as they are, but I'd listen I would dissect the recordings and like pick out like I would know when a feed like the the way I know Ferris Bueller dialogue I would know when a feedback was gonna pop. On, yeah. a, on a on a on a recording, and it's not the and it's not to diss one or the other. Their their delivery of their message is different. And I at fifteen sixteen wasn't ready for what super unknown is. Yeah. But when okay. I finally fucking like opened my brain to it, now I, I of course I love fell on black days. I love black hole sun. I love spoon man. Yeah. Um, but when I actually let it like wash over me, that fucking record is. There's so much to unpack with it. Like the songwriting is not even from a like a songwriter or a person that can play a guitar standpoint. It's just like when you listen to it, it's like where is that in your brain, dude? Like it's a. You know what I described <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it. I described it here as an upside down version of Sergeant Pepper. 
Okay, yeah. It doesn't tell a story like Sgt. Pepper. It's not no. as cohesive, but it's got themes and tones and like But there's that darkness. Yeah. Yeah. That's what there and he Chris Cornell would tell you he's a very big Beatles fan and you can hear it in his songwriting, but it's just like if you listen to a Beatles record on a Walkman and the batteries are almost dead. Like the it's, it's playing it's sl- playing so slowly. Yes. This is in my top five favorite albums of all time. This album is perfect. I don't skip anything, even like on a downturn time of listening to it. It's like it's like Tools Anima. If I play the first song, My Wave, I'm I'm in. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm I'll be back in an hour. I'm <laughs> and some change. Yeah. One of my favorite things is being a person that I don't like to call myself a guitar player. To me that sounds douchey because I'm not a guitar player, but I am. I can play guitar. But I learned uh, I learned the riff to fell on black days and I was like I just figured out some shit. And I didn't. It's a, it's a real easy riff. Right. But it's like some fucking genius, some fucking Einstein music geniuses wrote this shit. And like, I, I figured out. I figured I gotta, it out. I, I know some, I, I, I can, I know a page out of their book. And I know the opening riff. And that's it. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know anything else. It's just, it's, this record still mystifies me to this day. It's like, it ain't happy. It ain't no. funny. What's your favorite song on this record? We just played it. Okay. Between mine is between Fourth of July and like Suicide, which is the album. The closer. La- yeah, the last yeah, two the closer. Tracks. It's a. I don't. I've got the expanded twentieth uh, or twenty fifth anniversary edition. It's got like three or four extra songs. I don't need them. I don't care. The, what they what they gave to us the, in nineteen ninety four the first time. Yeah, unfuckwithable. Either your album before this or your album after this are perfect or close to perfect, and they fucking Soundgarden did it on both ends. Bad Motorfinger is unfuckwithable, and Down on the Upside, not not a popular fucking right. album, but I listen to it front to back too. Like they hit their stride between ninety two and ninety seven. Ninety uh, yeah, ninety seven. Yeah, Born on the Fourth of July was a that was it's just the first July. time. Is it, oh, it's no, just Fourth yeah, of July, it's just and it's not a no. celebratory song. It's not. The, it's, Do you know what that song's about? No. It's about Chris Cornell being high on LSD or acid at an Indian reservation and just lighting off fireworks. Okay. <laughs> no, that when you hear about when you think about it that way and rethink of the lyrics, it it makes total sense. It's just that low that very low chord key. Yeah, dude, they're in like they're in um it's, um open A or open G or not open G, open A or open C tuning. It's just so That's what's great about Soundgarden is low, they like, bring so it's it's heavy metal tuning. Yeah. It's like fucking scream metal tuning and they pull these fucking beautiful bent fucking melodies out of it. I mean they didn't pull a magic trick. They just they just did what they did did and it just was clicked it's for everyone at that time. Fucking masterpiece, man. I like that I wasn't ready for it when I was 14 or 15 because I I kind of dove into it. I have a funny story about cuz I keep making water references and I have a funny story in a minute. I I Dove into it when I was 21, 22, and I was like, this is, it's hard. I don't necessarily like Super Unknown more than I like any Nirvana record, but I've listened to this more in the last year than I've listened to any Nirvana record. There's just, there's more to, there's just, there's more to explore. There's more layers, you know? You know I'm always going to be a fucking punk. I'm always going to be a Nirvana kid, but this fucking record uh, is evidently the subject of our new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um so anyway uh, the funny story i have is when i finally i listened to this probably four or five times through and i was like this is fucking brilliant i gave it to my mom and i was like take this listen to it i know you like some of the stuff that my generation like you know 
Yeah. My mom and I melded it eventually. She was like, "Oh, your 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 guys are influenced by my guys. I I hear it, and they're also influenced by, you know, seventies punk shit, whatever." And I was like, "This is fucking good. Like, don't listen to this if you're in a bad mood or if you're sad, but like, listen to this." And she, I gave it to her, and then she got back to me three or four days. Oh, I left her a note actually. I left it on the couch with a note, and I was like, "Listen to this. I think you'll like it. Let me know what you think." Two or three days later, she left it on the couch, and she was like, "I liked it." He's sad. What's his deal with water? Do you ever notice that? Chris Cornell references sun and water a lot. I guess I never really paid attention. To now that. you'll not. You'll never not see it. You'll never not hear it. I guess. Right? Okay. And we've gone on for a long, long fucking time. Maybe not. What's your number one? No. I want you to. I want to hear your number two first. Okay. Like I said, man, you, I see where you what you mean by worthy, worth, one. worthy opponent, maybe, but highly suspect does not get the headline <laughs> if Soundgarden is opening. You know, <laughs> my number two is from 2016. It is highly suspects. Uh, technically, their third album, their second major label album, "The Boy That Died Wolf." Um, wolf. <laughs> it is a great big fucking bombastic rock record steeped in 90s i mean honestly that intro is almost and i forgot like a, that's the opening song it is that I intro about that that song is uh you turned me on to them because yeah we saw I them live there. yeah it was a great well, show I know that, for the most part before um <laughs> until they started playing stuff from their, their newest album. record there's the the example right there. The album before this, um, also Mistress the, Mister Asylum, yeah. fucking great front to back. This I, album tops it just by like one two percent, and then high water mark. That's it, fellas. No more fun big bombastic rock records for you. <laughs> it's all kind of hip hop shit now. Nothing against hip hop, but not not my jam. No. Um, I just it doesn't hit the same way. No, it really doesn't. At the time that they did up and up and through this point of this album 2016 they were a three-piece band this dude has an eminem style of singing where he can cram deliveries yeah 47 syllables into a three-syllable slot he's fucking really good at it 
Um, he can shred too on the fucking guitar. First time I saw them, I actually uh, met. I didn't meet, but um, the, the opening band for them uh, was Slothrust, which is one of my favorite fucking bands. If you don't know Slothrust, check them out. If you don't like rock music, you will not like Slothrust. But anyway, check them out. Highly suspect. Sorry, the boy that died wolf. It's a fucking. It's just a great front to back fucking rock record. There's some ballady shit on it, right? Um, there's maybe one that you could skip if you're not me. It's 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 instrumental. It just seems so sad to talk about them now. If we talked about Soundgarden for 25 minutes, <laughs> I feel bad for them. If you know, you know. If you don't know, it's it's okay. They're yeah, like you said. They're uh, I got entranced with the song Lydia from. You you talked earlier, Mister Asylum, and that's the reason why I. You yeah. talked earlier about hearing a song and being like, "I fucking hate that song," uh-huh. and then it comes on again, and you're like, "I know that song," and then it comes on a fourth time, and you're like, mm. and then you catch yourself singing the hook, and then the seventeenth time, you're like, oh, "I'll turn that up," and then you're like, yeah, "Let me get that there. fucking album." That was me with uh, Mister Asylum. It was the song Lydia. They kind of carry a dude, bro, wearing your fucking sunglasses, like, you know, on the back of your neck kind of kind of vibe the vibe i got initially from them was like mm, yeah you you're like bar fight music <laughs> but florida bar fight music you know what i mean aren't they from like brooklyn are dude they is they're actually from new oh like, they're from new uh new, new hampshire. hampshire and then or massachusetts or something like yeah that. up up but they up the coast yeah up uh what's the what's the what's the phrase not up the coast uh uh billy joel down east or Alexa? Yes, down east. Down. Okay, yeah, they're, they're, they're down east. Uh, thank you. You're right. They're catching I got my there. obscure got... fucking Billy Joel reference from 1989. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, they're they're down eastern guys, uh, and then they went to Brooklyn and got fucking. They did their. They grounded out, did their work in fucking Brooklyn, got a fucking fan base, got good, got big, and then went to L.A. Did a really good fucking record, and then. Sad to say, I you know n- nothing bad it's against. It's not them. your thing anymore. Yeah, I'm not a hip hop guy. Have they done anything after the what? What's the what was their next album? MCID. MCID. Yeah. Brb. Pizza dude. Delicious, delicious. MCID. My crew is dope. Right. My crew is dope. Yep. <laughs> I remembered it. Um. Just not the album itself. No. I could. I've listened to a couple things off their newest thing, and it's it's like Imagine Dragons, but aggressive. <laughs> so like fundamentalists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, they're Mormon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Four, La- five, seven wives. Like a Latter Day Saint. Imagine Dragons. That's a good one. <laughs> oh, oh shit! This is our new album, Warren Jeffs. Hope you like it. <laughs> Yeah, so highly suspect the boy that died wolf. That was my number two. Soundgarden, super unknown, uh, was my number one. What is your number one?
So, uh, how long did it take you to figure that one out? Well, I'm about halfway there. It's you two. Correct. It is either Achtung Baby. That's what it is? Yep. Okay. What were you thinking it was? Uh, either, after that? either Achtung Baby or um, what was the one? No. Zoom. Oh, no. Zuropa. Zuropa, yeah. No, could, not Zuropa. I couldn't tell. That one, Zuropa got a little extra weird for Octung me. Octung Baby got a little extra weird for me. <laughs> I was wondering whether or not it was going to be too a little too European-y weird. <laughs> no, it's not European-y weird. That, but, riff, that riff is yeah. cool. They... U2 for me is a perfect fucking rock record with Joshua Tree and then several singles that are top shelf. <laughs> and I, I you know, I get it. In, in the proper mood, I might change my mind on that. Right. Um, this, I believe, was one of the first CDs I, I believe I ever purchased. What year is this? 1991. 91. It was, okay. it was late, it was fall 91. I think I bought that at the. <laughs> Do you remember where the uh, trials for the Rodney King uh, police beating were? In Simi Valley. They moved it out of L.A. County. Simi Valley? They moved yeah. it into wine country? Yeah. No, Simi Valley is not wine country. But uh, either way, that was a sister city right next to where um, I grew up. But, um, in Whittier? In Whittier, yeah. Wait, that's a big-time callback. to Deep cut. Yeah. Uh, back when they packaged them in those long sleeves. Oh, And then yeah. they also put them in like these plastic containers. I sometimes wonder if they put them in the longer boxes because of theft or they initially put them in the longer boxes because they were Easier moving. to package. I think they were moving from shelving that was designed for records sure. that were tall. Yeah. And the CD yeah. was about, about I remember a third the height. We, so we I had a store back in the day Winchester peeps if you're listening you remember 3D it was like a department store like okay. a knockoff hills and i remember my mom buying uh John Cougar Mellencamp's Scarecrow album okay and it was on cassette and it was in in that that long like, like a, it was sideways and it was in the long like the, yeah. like the like the cousin the first cousin of a coat hanger yeah. type of plastic <laughs> and it completely like encapsulated the or completely and usually the cashier had a hell of a time trying to get that damn thing out yeah but i just remember thinking like what an odd like why is that shaped like that it looks like a pooper scooper almost yeah you know? you're right i never thought about it like that pooper scooper and a coat hanger had yeah. a child and it was like why is it we shaped hold, like that but i think you're exactly right it was because the 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 shelving the units for albums fixtures were, were yeah, still fixtures yeah we're still I pulled some merch out of my brain yeah you like that they were still uh sized for, check the planogram on that one <laughs> I sucked at planograms, dude. I was so bad. They never made sense to me. It was always, I have extra parts. <laughs> you shouldn't. But it says it's right. <laughs> no, I knew of you 2 and I knew many of their songs, but this was my first album of theirs. And while I believe that Joshua Tree is just as a brilliant front-to-back album, this one hits on a different personal level because it okay. was the first one that I got. Because I did not have joshua tree probably for a few years before i'd really like expanded out and started buying i'm gonna get their this record i'm gonna get that cd i'm gonna get this i'm gonna get that oh they finally released their xyz on cd finally and i'm gonna get that now and and that's why this one hits differently than joshua tree u2 is a lot like rem for me and like they have songs that i really like yeah and i could probably piece together an album not, not necessarily of the greatest hits but I could piece together an album of our uh, uh, 
U2 songs that yeah. I like, with the exception of Joshua Tree, which is front to back perfect for me. Kind of like what we talked about before. It's like when you're relegated to a small batch of like cassettes or CDs that were yours because you spent your own like hard-earned money yeah. on your own music. You like this one, it's just it's like they sounded like U2, but they sounded different and they were the first well, kind of angrier. band. That, yes and no, but it's it was just they just sounded a little different. And in some ways some people have said it sounds they sound more European in some ways. They the visually they kind of seemed a little more they shifted more from that Americana-ish sound that they had that was just rock in that manner. I think this is where there is that shift of Bono becoming a bit of a douchey superstar. I think that was always in the you think cards. It was there, but you just didn't see it I as think much. It, I think it really kind of crowned with the Joshua Tree when he was like, oh, I have kind of a Christ complex. Okay. Uh, I can you, see that, yeah. You really could see it flirt, like starting to starting to emerge then. But then, yeah, this is when he started telling you how to vote and telling you where to give your money to charities and stuff while he's buying plane tickets for his hat. <laughs> and selling out giant yeah. stadiums. Yeah. But to me, the album presented just this rich tapestry of music that I had never really heard before and I was entranced and it was like do you know who, I, do you know who produced this by any chance it was um, Brian Eno produced uh, some of the tracks well there and, you go that's where it gets that's why it's weird and there's there was one other one and I can't remember the name of the other producer but um but I just I felt like a grown-up listening to the record <laughs> compared to other that should tell you something right there. You know, if grownups are listening to it, 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 it ain't for the it ain't for the kinder. If your mom likes what you're listening to, time to find something new to listen to. <laughs> but at the age of you know, sixteen years old, I just I felt kind of like a grown up. What was the right? what was the big hit on Axon Baby? Um, there were several. It was one. Um, the fly is the one that we were playing. Uh -huh. um, even better than the real thing. Uh, mysterious ways. There's mm. all of those. There's several. So one and mysterious ways are the two that I know that of you put on your mixtape. Yep. They <laughs> gotcha. might they might get two per record. Okay. You know, two yeah two two cuts per album. But yeah, that's my that's my number one. All right. It's again kind of these are preferences. They're. Uh, tastes the nathan's number one and my number two are kind of it's it's kind of <laughs> anticlimactic hey. following up that we talked I see about what you mean super yeah. unknown for such a long time it's okay it's our show well there you have it gang i hope you guys enjoyed that i i had a i had a ball talking about uh records today i could do this again if you could pull another one out if not next okay. year maybe later um, this year i don't know sometime yeah sometime i'm sure i could yeah um hope you like that uh if you did let us know give us a uh give us a rating give us a review let us know what you think tell the people tell the people in the pit about <laughs> about what we're doing up here on stage um like us rate us view us like i said check us out on socials we don't do a lot but when we do we care so <laughs> and when we don't we don't care and when we don't it's because we have nothing to say um, be good to yourselves careful to safe and in the meantime stay off the moors pick six is the clopec media production like and follow them at six pack double feature podcast on facebook instagram and twitter or buy a t-shirt and sticker at six pack double feature podcast.com and wherever you pick six pick six responsibly nobody knocks off an old man in my neighborhood and gets away with it 